things. I was going through the most dangerous cities in Indiana. Uh-huh. In Bloom- terms of like murder? Yeah, uh, oh. crime in general. And Bloomington's not on the list. That Great. was good. But fucking Shelbyville is. That's where <laughs> Panzerati's was. Right. That is the cutest little town. And my aunt and uncle live there. That's terrifying. All them gun-loving hillbillies shooting each other. <laughs> and Gary's down to number six. Oh, snaps for Gary. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody's there anymore. I mean, the whole that is town's true. abandoned. Who are you going to kill or rob? Yeah. Indianapolis, number three. Figured. And number one, Michigan City. Really? What's two? South Bend. Okay. I'm honestly, it's surprising, just like because of how many people are in Indianapolis, you would think it would translate to more crime. You know, like I think it's terrible. I'm terrified half the time when I'm downtown really? Indy. Oh. Well, when we moved here, we came from Chicagoland, yeah. where the news was always just horrible. Absolutely. And we turned on the news down here, and it's like, oh, there's a cow stuck in the road outside of Indianapolis. True. Yes. Now it's death and murder every <laughs> fucking day. Get your act together, fucking Indianapolis. Hey guys, this is Oddity Files. <laughs> the, the podcast. I'm Clayton Abbott. And I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm still a little congested. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think they know sometimes we record episodes back to back. Yeah. We're doing that today because he's going off to see our favorite producer in the world. Yes. DJ Jimmy. But we are a creepy, spooky, curses, cryptid type of podcast where we just tell stories that we find interesting online. On the Google. On Google. And sometimes <laughs> other things. Absolutely. <laughs> Wikipedia is my shit. So is Reddit. Reddit is kind of creepy in itself. Reddit is terrifying. Yes. Um, but yeah, we tell stories about famous cryptids all over the world, famous curses, hauntings. Um, and we just tell it the way that that we want to. That um, we want to hear it. A little bit of humor, a little bit of snarky. And um, yeah, so if you want... That like serious with ambient music in the background and sound effects. Check going out my along. other podcast. <laughs> Look for a different podcast because this one isn't it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all. Um, that that's how I go through life though, and and yeah. and make it bearable as I add some snark and some humor and yes. just see things the way I want to see yep. them. <laughs> so there you fucking have it. Um, I. So I haven't told anybody this. I got something creepy going on. Uh oh. Don't tell Chris. Oh gosh. If anybody's listening, don't tell Chris. So I was doing yoga the other day. Chris was sick, so he was downstairs, and uh, my yoga instructor and I were on the main floor. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw a fucking shadow figure in my kitchen, leaning up against the island. Really? I think. Okay. I don't know. I'm still trying to process it in my head. So Tiffany or any of my medium listeners could kind of zone in and let me know if I'm just going fucking nuts or if there's something in my kitchen, you could let me know. But I got, it kind of looked like, it almost, you know those those cutouts people have on their trees that kind of look like a cowboy? Yeah. 
That's that's the okay. vibe I got from it. So I don't know if it was wearing a hat or what. I can't really say because it was a peripheral vision, sure. as yeah. most paranormal sightings are. Um, but yeah, freaked me the fuck out. Didn't say anything. Just kept looking in the corner of my eye to see if it was because that's what I do. Was Even it on, still there? No. Okay. So even on investigations, that's how we debunk oh, yeah. shit is we, you know, turn our head the way we would be turning it when we saw it in the first time. And it wasn't there. It's not been back since. I don't have any weird vibes or yeah. anything. My house is different right now. We had one of our, our last dog pass away. And it's just I hear noises in this house I never heard before. And I just chalked up to my dog. Oh, right. So I don't. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just the energy of the house is off now because it's one less yeah. energy in the house. But um, I don't know. Again, I'm calling out to you listeners. Let me know what vibes you're getting from this story because inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> um, Ooh, interesting. Because what we talked about a couple weeks ago, you recently... That was my first thought. Clayton. Started using equipment in your house again. Well, That's the only time I've used it. Right. I've not even built the new one like I said I was going to. Um, Have you cleansed the house and everything since using it? I don't know. I've done it recently, but I don't know if it was before or after that. Yeah. Weird. You didn't get any vibes when you walked in, did you? Okay. First thing I said was, where's Trixie? I know. Literally first thing. (laughs) R.I.P. girl. R.I.P. She was so old and in so much pain and... At this point, like I told you when you walked in, it's like she was still here just for us. Yeah. You know, and I, I didn't want to do that to her. So anyway, I digress. Um, again, Tiff, if you're listening, let me know. Trixie's happy. That would be great. I do have paranormal in the news. The Jersey Devil was captured on film. Really? Yeah. So this is from Coast to Coast AM. Okay. A construction, work, a construction worker returning home from a job in Pennsylvania believes a friend may have spotted the infamous Jersey Devil. Going by the initials RW, the man says that they noticed a strange creature lurking atop some of the trees as they drove down the highway. According to the witness, the oddity sported see what they did there, yes. oddity, mm-hmm, sported both bat-like wings as well as a goat head which eerily matches the description of the legendary entity known as the Jersey Devil. Apparently aware of the tale, the man's friend quickly took a picture of the creature as it flew away. The astounded men suspected that perhaps they were mistaken by what they saw due to the weather, the time of day, but upon seeing their photo, the pair became certain that they had seen the notorious cryptid said to lurk in New Jersey's Pine Barrens. So here is... I guess this is the picture. It's a video, but... Okay. And for those of you saying, this is a podcast, we can't look at anything. Actually, you can... Oh, that is very flying devilish looking. <laughs> um, so actually, every week on our Instagram story, we post little like visual aids that go along with the episode. So just go over to our Instagram at Oddity Files, and you'll see all the highlights listed, and just find the episode number, and... You can see this flying-looking devil there. And this will be 60? 60. Ooh, look at us into the... 60s. 60s. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But cool. Hey, 
You, you listening, have you seen the Jersey Devil? I've not. Me either. Have you? No. But you should let us know if you have. We like to read listener stories on both our episodes and sometimes our episodes. Yeah. And you can email those stories to us. Just make sure they have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yes. Make sure it's a story, whether it happened to you, a friend, your mom, whatever. We want to hear about it. You can send it to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. One of my favorite things about doing this is reading other people's stories and yeah. going, God, why didn't that happen to me? Most of the time. So yeah, the Jersey Devil has left Jersey and gone to Pennsylvania. Well, it can fly. It can. And if I were it, I'd get out of New Jersey as well. I mean, that picture literally looks like a pterodactyl. Yes. <laughs> yes. But the, it, you know, actually, you know what it looks like? Charizard. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely does. So Charizard is in Pennsylvania. So yeah, that's spooky. I finally find my t- found my tarot cards that I hadn't been able to find oh. in forever. So excited. Um, also, they're up there right behind you. Also, a friend of ours, Scott and Amy, that work with us in CPO, they have a Ouija board they're going to give me. Really? Why? Because they have an extra one. What's significant about it? It's the supernatural version of it. Oh, okay. Because I'm a fangirl. Gotcha. I was like, <laughs> what's the catch? <laughs> Is it haunted? Right. Maybe that's how you end up Blood with weird shadows. Blood was built shadows. on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe that's how you end up with weird shadows in your kitchen. Um, I've got, st- is it my turn to go first? Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> cool. Um, Short-term so- <laughs> memory. It's a bitch. Welcome to Alzheimer's. <laughs> um, so this story I gave a title to, which I Ooh. rarely do. It's called Where There's a Will. Well, there's a will. So this story... Of the Chafin Will case, this is the story of the Chafin Will case, and the story goes a little something like this. I have no idea how I came over. Oh, you know what? I was going over my list of shit because I haven't been watching all the stuff and all the things, and I'm not even sure how this story got on my list because I don't remember learning anything about it, but it's a good story. So prepare yourself to be ood and odd. This is the story of the Chafin Will case, and the story goes a little something like this, and I said that already. James L. Chafin was a farmer in North Carolina who had four sons, John, James P., also known as Pink, good for him, Marshall, and Abner. Okay. There are not enough Abners, Abners in the world anymore. In 1905, he wrote a will leaving everything to Marshall, even though he was survived by his widow and his three other sons. Way to go, Dad. You're mm-hmm. a dick. Um, for the two decades for the two decades prior to his death, James L. Chafin or Chaffin, I'm not sure. It'll probably come out both ways. Yep. Owned and worked a farm near Moxville, North Carolina. With his wife, he raised his four sons, although any reliable accounts of the family other than that are hard to come by. It appeared that Papa Chafin was extremely close to Marshall in particular. When the Chafin's own home was destroyed in a fire, they went to live with Marshall and his wife, Susie, until their property was restored. Still, dick move, Dad. As a possible result of this close relationship, it was Susie who kept Chafin's last will and testament in their possession. Dated 1905 and named Marshall his father's sole beneficiary, a fact that his brothers were surprised and 
pretty pissed about. They found out after their father's untimely death in 1921 due to an accidental fall. When Marshall died just a year later from heart problems, the Chafin property was granted to Susie and the child. Okay. And none of the boys contested this at the time. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not going to lie. I'd be super pissed too. While none of the Chafin brothers were rich, Pink was known to be stretching his dollars the farthest, planting sugarcane and cotton on his property and selling hand-carved axe handles for 25 cents a piece. Not a lot of money in that, apparently. Um, he, his wife, and their children occupied a four-room home. The family was just barely scraping by, and the inheritance would have surely helped. But again, no one contested the will. Until... Ooh, there's dot, always dot, an dot. until. Yep. Four years later, in 1925, son Pink began having vivid dreams in which his father appeared at his bedside and stood in silence. In June 1925, the deceased Chafin appeared by his bedside once again, dressed in his black overcoat. He took hold of his coat, pulled it back, and said, You will find my will in my overcoat pocket, and then vanished. Oh, Here's a documented quote from Pink himself. I began to have very vivid dreams that my father appeared to me at my bedside, but made no verbal communication. Sometime later, I think it was the latter part of June 1925, he appeared at my bedside again, dressed as I had often seen him dressed in life, wearing a black overcoat, which I knew to be his own coat. And this time my father's spirit spoke to me. He took a hold of his overcoat and this way, I'm assuming he showed people, sure. and pulled it back and said, you will find my will in my overcoat pocket, and then disappeared, which is pretty much what I said in the previous paragraph. I should proofread this shit. Um, the next morning, Pink woke up convinced that his, father had, that his father had communicated with him to clear up some mistake. He went to his mother's home, where he found out that the overcoat was in possession of his brother. Okay. Didn't say which brother. On July 6th, after telling his wife about the dreams and the close encounter, Pink traveled 20 miles to his brother's John's home. So there you go. Where his father's overcoat was stored in the attic. Spreading it open, he noticed that the inside pocket lining had been sewn shut. Ripping it open, he discovered a rolled up paper tied by a string. Read, and it read, read the 27th chapter of Genesis in my daddy's old Bible. Whoa. Whoa. James, along with several witnesses, then went to the home of his mother, where after a brief search, they were able to locate a nearly worn out Bible. Looking through the Bible, one of the witnesses found a piece of paper inside a makeshift pocket, which had been created by folding two pages of the Bible together. The paper turned out to be a new will that was dated just two years before Daddy Chafin's death. In this new document, the farmer divided his property equally among his four sons, but it also stated that they must provide for their mother as long as he she lived. Which makes the most sense. Yeah. I, I, if I was his wife, are you fucking kidding me? Leave all the kids. Oh, oh. <laughs> So the will read, after reading the 27th chapter of Genesis, I, James L. Chafin, do make my last will and testament, and here it is. I want, after giving my body a decent burial, my little property to be equally divided between my four children. If they're living at my death, both personal and real estate divided equal, if not living, give share to their children. And if she is living, you all must take care of your mammy. 
Now, this is my last will and testament, James L. Chafin. I mean, what? Okay. So under North Carolina law, even though the will had not been attested, it would be considered valid, provided it could be proven beyond a doubt that it had been written by James Chafin's own handwriting. Gotcha. So it didn't have to be notarized or whatever, all the stuff and things, as, as long as it was his handwriting. So this was offered for probate to supersede the old one. Marshall's widow and son contested it, of course, because they had all the money. Trial was set for December in 1925. Ted witnesses were scheduled to testify that the will was in Chafin's handwriting. Cool. The case came to trial in December 1925. About a week before the trial, the deceased Papa Chafin appeared again to James in an agitated state saying, where is my old will? I don't know. James took this to be a sign that he would win the lawsuit. Okay. Dad's agitated. I, I just reading the signs, people. Uh-huh. Um, newspapers swarmed the co- the courthouse and interviewed Pink, eager to hear the details about how his father's spirit had led him to the discovery of a second will. Could you imagine? What was it the eighteen hundreds? No, nineteen twenties. Insane. So, ten witnesses were prepared to testify at the trial that the handwriting on the second will was that of the deceased Papa Chafin. During court a court recess, lawyers for both the Chafin brothers and Susie agreed to a settlement. Wow. Yeah. So it's likely Susie was advised that her chances of arguing against the validity of the second will were slim and that a jury ruling could leave her with absolutely nothing. Okay. Even Susie agreed that the signature on the second will was legitimate. Oh, wow. Which is impressive. Instead, she would accept one quarter of the estate leaving the rest to be divided equally among the other brothers. The presence of Chafin's ghost in articles about the case led to attention from a number of outlets that had little or nothing to do with the judicial... Say that word. Judicial. Judicial system. (laughs) The following year, the Society for Physical Research dispatched a lawyer to interview the Chafins to try to discern their serenity, sincerity, serenity, eh, they're close. Um, He found no evidence that they were being deceptive. The SPR, though eager to find evidence of phenomena, rebutted the lawyer's findings and speculated that it made little sense for Chafin's ghost to send his son on a scavenger hunt. Why not just tell him to look in the Bible in the first place? Come on, SPR, what fun is that? dad sends you on a freaking scavenger hut that sounds fun now of course there were naysayers because not everyone are weirdos like we are and the case was still trying to be debunked in 2004 by author mary roach she um, examined both the 1905 and 1919 wills the first one was hand drafted by another party so i'm sure the lawyers drew it up and then papa chafin just signed it and the second one was all written by his hand alone. Um, she went on to offer that the signature in the 1905 will seemed rougher and less polished than the one drafted 14 years later, and usually handwriting worsens over time. She also concluded that the first signature was valid. If the first signature was valid, then the second one was a fake. Okay. Because the second one was much more oh, fluid. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, and I, I forgot to put this in here, but apparently handwriting 
people, specialists, whatever, say that if people are trying to forge a signature, it comes off more fluid than yeah the the original handwriting, which I found if I remember in like third grade trying to forge my mom's name. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I just put it up on a window and traced that shit. It was terrible. But if the Chafin brothers knew a revised legitimate will was in the family's possession, there's no reason to have waited four years to reveal it. It's possible they felt the story was needed to help explain how well hidden it had supposedly been. And perhaps they felt a ghost tale was less preposterous than claiming to happen upon it at random. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there you have it. Uh Pink got his money is pretty much the moral of the story. I I don't know. It seems like an awful lot. Yeah, it really does. To go through to get some money. But they say if somebody's lying, there's much more of an explanation they have, than there needs yeah. to be. So I don't know. This one, honestly, could go either way. I still thought it was really cool. That it is very cool. Court ruled in the favor of the ghost. But I think it all depended on those 10 people that testified that it was True. his handwriting. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to Google for being the wingman and writing this story and the site's mental floss, occult-world.com, ravelrypublic.com, and anomalien.com. It was cool. I still wish I knew how that ended up on my list. But there you have it. What you got going on? So mine, I have never heard of this place in Indiana. Oh. Churubusco? No. Churubusco? What is it? Indiana. That's the town name. Oh, it's a town? Yes. God, no. So it's in Whitley County, about 15 miles from Fort Wayne. Okay. If you don't know where Fort Wayne is, it's like northeast part of the state. It's a pretty large city. So. I feel you. love that. In 1847, combining of two villages produced this small town, home to roughly 2,000 people, and one believes a local lore a monstrous snapping turtle. What? In Indiana? Right. There's more than corn in Indiana. Sightings of the turtle date back to 1898 when a farmer, Oscar Folk, claimed to have seen such a beast in the small lake on his property. No one seems to have made such a sighting until 1914. Okay, okay. so we're going from 1898 to 1914. Folk eventually sold his property... The lake, which covers about seven acres, received his name, and little interest really went on about the giant snapping turtle. Okay. They're like, oh, that dude's just fucking crazy. Yes. Just nod and smile. Now, we're in 1948. Two locals, Aura Blue and Charles Charlie Wilson, went fishing at Folk Lake okay. and returned with quite the story. Ooh. Rather than an oversized trout or, you know, large fish, they claimed to have caught a glimpse of a monstrous turtle at this point no one really knew how to take the story according to locals wilson had a reputation for spinning tales oh as they do but within a year gail harris who owned the property also saw the beast (gasps) reporting that it was about the size of a dining room table what he began searching to prove the existence of this beast dubbed oscar we're assuming it's because the original property owner's name was oscar I, I, I'd like to think it's because he's grouchy. Or that. Yeah. Also known as the Beast of Busco, which is the town's nickname for people that don't want to say Churubusco. Because say. it's hard to say. It is hard to say. But what's crazy is that this story 
just struck a chord and newspapers and radios across North America and even a few in Europe started talking about this turtle. So people really want to know more about this little podunk Indiana lake. Okay, okay, sure. So Harrison's several others first attempted traps of wood and chicken wire. Of course, they failed. It's said that a home movie camera allegedly captured Oscar on film. No. In a development, it says, if you're familiar like to weird phenomena, this article, and I quote when it says, the footage is no longer available. As fucking happens every Not fucking like they don't time. don't know where it is. It just said it's no longer available. Okay. There you go. So later that month, Harris tried peering into the soupy lake with a homemade periscope. <laughs> Two divers actually braved the waters and like got in searching for this thing oh that's awful fucking advanced for indiana and just found nothing professional trappers offered their service there were turtle sightings and rumors of turtle sightings meanwhile reporters and curious outsiders traveled to the lake so in april two men from indianapolis announced that they had captured oscar in fact they what had... year still 40s yes okay but in fact they had just kind of procured a sea turtle in an attempt <laughs> to cash in on Oscar. Hashtag Indiana shit. And we can say that because right. we're from Indiana. I don't know where they got a sea turtle. I know. They probably went up to the, the Shed Museum in Chicago. Exactly. So after a summer filled with increasingly bizarre attempts to capture Oscar, Harris began using a sump pump to drain the lake. Oh, shit. By this point, he had quit his job to search full time and sunk a considerable sum into this effort. So he's so, completely obsessed. Right. But he's also saying, like, I know I saw this. Like, Been so, there, done that. <laughs> funniest part is, because he's running out of money and everything, he charged admission for people to come to the lake, who shelled out good money in hopes to seeing Oscar. But he's not there because he can't find him. Right. On October 13th, 1941, multiple witnesses were apparently rewarded with a momentary glimpse of Oscar. Really? Harris's equipment suffered breakdowns, and the turtle hunter himself went to the hospital with appendicitis before the end of that year. So that He was so stressed out, he gave himself stressed. appendicitis. That year, though, or that winter, the area received a record amount of precipitation, and the lake refilled <laughs> just to its original level. <laughs> Harris sold the farm the next year and left town. He's like, fuck this shit. I'm over it. No reliable sightings of the Beast of Bosco have occurred since 1949. And it's just kind of up to the individual to how you want to even, you know, take those. So Oscar may have existed. The alligator snapper is a type of turtle. While not common to Indiana, it's not impossible for them to be there. Okay. How big is that? They can reach 200 pounds. Oh, shit. But still not a dining room table. No. Like all these people have seen. So if past legends involving mysterious monsters have taught us anything, it's that they make quite the tourist draw. And in June of 1950, Churubusco hosted its first Turtle Days Festival, which since has become an annual tradition in the small town. I was literally going to say everybody else gets their little days around their cryptids, and yep. we di I didn't even know this happened in Indiana. So over the years, the festivities have included the expected small town fair rides game blah 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 blah. but they have turtle races and even a miss turtle pageant <laughs> are there elephant ears there better be i'm sure they call them like turtle shells <laughs> one nearby restaurant displays a giant shell 
and now because we're so many years later they're yeah. saying like this was oscars oh um, and several local businesses have adopted the turtle theme and the town's website assures you that churro busco has become world renowned as turtle town usa i never knew this Me either really I swear oh my gosh yeah well now we have to fucking go i know we should do like an episode of, of cryptids because it's close enough. Yeah. Find the fucking lake. Find fucking Oscar. That's a TV show idea. Just go to all like the small town cryptid festivals. Because two <sighs> weeks ago I did the creepy little gargoyle face Wisconsin thing and they have a festival. We, I would be so fat because I would eat all the elephant ears. All and the, the turtle the, shells. Yes, <laughs> turtle soup, you know, all <laughs> the stuff and all the things. Um, <clears throat> speaking of that, I watched a little bit of that new Bigfoot show on Travel Channel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be so controversial. Uh-oh. The woman on there. Uh-oh. Wow. Talk about some botched facial work and i am a proponent Uh for fucking botox and fillers and all that shit and i've been thinking about getting my lips done now for a good six months but i'm afraid i'm gonna look like i just got stung by a bee on my upper lip this woman Uh oh Uh -oh. okay remember when i had that sickness where like my face was swollen on one side it looked like it just happened to her lip she got it done like the day before filming i don't know i mean she's She's a doctor. She's allegedly super smart, and she's considered the Indiana, the female Indiana Jones. Oh, however, I don't, I don't know. It's honey, just be you. Or maybe she tried to do it herself. I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's worth a watch just to see her face in IR because I was like, I turned around, looked at the TV. (laughs) I turned around, looked at the TV. I'm like, oh, what is that? Oh, okay. So oh, no. I, I didn't give the show a full chance. I'll have to do that. Apparently, they got some of the most prominent evidence on Bigfoot ever. Whoa. Alexa said so a few weeks ago, saying that they captured it on thermal cam. But, honey, that where lips. do they hunt? Like, everywhere. Oh, wow. Like, within the United States. Cool. Everywhere from, like, the East Coast to the desert. So I may end up cutting this out, but I will have to show you That's a picture okay. yeah. because I, it might be too controversial <laughs> picking on uh, one poor woman. Oh no. So I'm not picking on her. I'm just telling her she's beautiful the way she was. So I have a listener story. You want me to give that a go? Yes. Awesome. Hey, if you're listening and you have a paranormal story that happened to you or a friend or you heard a story about a guy, send it to us. This story is amazing, and we want to hear your amazing story. Send it to oddityfilescrew at gmail. The subject line of this is, my house is haunted, probably. My name is Carissa, and first I wanted to say that I love the podcast. Girl, we love you too. Thank you. (laughs) My sister told me about it last month, and I've already listened to all of the available episodes. Damn, girl. Wow. I love your overachieverness. When I heard that you guys accepted different stories from your listeners, I got excited because I definitely have a few to tell. If you ask my dad or myself, the house that I grew up in is haunted, but if you ask my mom, she'll tell you we're insane. (laughs) Welcome to my world. When we first moved into the house, my parents had to tear up and redo the flooring and had to repaint everything. In a majority of the before and after pictures they took, you could see a bunch of orbs that really did not look like dust particles. I personally think that they may have disturbed something when they were doing their small renovations, but I could be wrong. As I was growing up, it seemed like more and more crazy things were happening around my house. 
the first of what happened didn't happen to me, but to my dad. My mom and dad were in the kitchen while my mom was making dinner one evening, and the two of them started talking about my grandpa, who passed away when my dad was a kid. As the two of them were talking about him, all of a sudden, our garbage disposal flipped from off to on. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. Especially, like, because most garbage disposals are loud as hell. And that sound is like nails on a chalkboard, if there's nothing in it. My dad gave my mom a look and turned it back off, and neither of them discussed it further. (laughs) My dad likes to think it was my grandpa trying to communicate that even though he's not alive, he's still always with my dad. I love that. The next thing he told me about what happened on Mother's Day when I was little. My dad got up early so he could make my mom some breakfast in bed, and when he got up, he could hear giggling and whispering coming from the room that I shared with my sister. Okay. He opened the door to ask us if we wanted to help him make mom breakfast since we were up, but when he opened the door to our room, we were both sound asleep. The devil. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. Yeah, not fun. Um, He thought maybe he was hearing things, so he shut the door, and as soon as he did, the giggling and whispering started again. Okay. (laughs) Um, He then thought maybe he got it wrong and was actually coming from the room that my brother shared. So when he opened their door, once again, both boys were asleep and the giggling and whispers stopped. But as soon as he shut their door, it started up again. He said mom didn't get breakfast in bed that year because it freaked him out that badly. Understandable. As I grew up, we both had issues with sleeping at night, and there were nights that we would be able to hear heavy booted footsteps walking up and down the hallway. It would go on for a few minutes and then stop, but would continue on through the night every few hours like someone was walking through the house going about their day. And if you listen to the dead silence of the house at night, you could sometimes hear what sounded like a person whispering in the hall or in the living room when there was no doubt that everyone was in bed sleeping. Wow. Nope. One of my brothers, both of my parents, and myself have seen the same baseball-sized orb floating just on the other side of our sliding glass door that was in our kitchen that opened up to our backyard. With your eyeballs? I would imagine. I don't get it. No. It's not fair. I know. I was just thinking, why doesn't that happen to us? Um, We all saw it on different occasions, and when my dad saw it, he grabbed his gun and his flashlight because he originally thought that someone was sneaking around in our backyard. He didn't find anybody, and none of the local dogs were barking, so nobody human was lurking around our streets. It's an orb that we have all seen randomly appear, then disappear for 15 to 20 seconds that none of us can explain. One of the last things that I personally experienced before I moved out happened at about 2.50 in the morning one morning. I woke up to the sound of my boxer growling, and then when I opened my eyes, she was standing over my body as if she was protecting me. Oh. As I woke up a little bit more, I could hear my smaller dog was starting to growl too. She was standing at the foot of my bed. I looked in the direction of the room that they were both facing, and I realized they weren't just staring at my bedroom door, They were staring at some dark thing that was in the top corner of my room above my door. I do not do creepy crawly ceiling things. Mm -mm. I'm a little stressed out over here. That's (laughs) creepy. 
right when I looked at whatever was there, I got this overwhelming feeling that whatever it was I had been staring at was staring right back at me. I started not to feel well or safe, and I remembered hearing that a lot of the time, if you tell whatever it is to go away, that sometimes it worked. So I gave it a shot, and I said, whatever you are, you need to leave. And the dark spot disappeared. So it worked. Good for you. Goosebumps. Do you? Because remember how I told you like that when I lived in Cincinnati, that one spot in my room after the Benton investigation, I felt like something was looking at me. Mm -hmm. It was very much that. Like I would... Like, wake up, and when you're, like, half awake and your eyes are, like, all nasty. Yeah. Um, I swear, like, above there's, like, these, like, built-in closets. Mm-hmm. It was, like, right up there. I just, like, felt something. Yeah. Yeah, so. Did you ever ask it to leave? I'm sure I did. Did it? Or was it there Well, yeah, I mean, moved? eventually it just kind of, like, it Faded had away. to have, obviously. Yeah. It's it's funny how it's like you're obsessed about this thing and then when it's gone, it's like you f- kind of forget about it. Yeah. So you hear a story like this. You're exactly. like, oh, yeah. And the spot disappeared. The feeling went away and both of my dogs settled down and went back to sleep. The following day, I was talking to my dad about it. We try not to discuss this stuff in the house because it seems like things get more active when we do. I completely understand. And he asked me if I knew roughly what time it was when it happened. So I told him it was just before three in the morning. He looked at me like I was crazy and said he woke up at about the same time because he felt like something was staring right at him. Oh, my gosh. Validity is amazing. Um, When he opened his eyes, he saw a big dark mass up in the top corner of his room by his door. And he stared at it for a second before he started feeling uneasy. And then he told it to fuck off. Way to go, Dad. And then it went away. Different things throughout the years would go missing. Our stuff would get pushed off the counter when nobody was anywhere near it. I still find it mind-blowing that my mom is still a skeptic. Yeah, no kidding. Exactly. It all scared me growing up, but now that I'm older, I think it's cool. And I've actually experienced this stuff instead of wondering if any of it was actually real. Well, at least she's got a healthy outlook about it. (laughs) Sometimes when I visit my dad... Um, he'll tell me about the different things and noises that he still hears, and it always ends in my mom laughing and calling us both crazy. Uh, you know, Fair enough. I live that life. Yeah. Once again, I love the podcast, and I thank you for making time to read about my experiences. Carissa. That was incredible. That was incredible. Also, how... Like I said, it's not fair. <laughs> I know. And can we come visit your mom and dad? Actually, yeah. We'll send mom on vacation. Yes. We'll let dad investigate with us. Yep. It'll be amazing. We'll mom just... and Chris. Yes. Yeah. They can go to Disney or something. Yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got that one person in their life. That You're is just true. fucking crazy. That's that why true. I started calling my, my sensitivity my crazy because that's what my husband calls it. There's this meme out there where it's an old man and an old lady and the man's just pointing off to the distance and it says there that's where you lost your damn mind (laughs) what investigation were we on that i i was like i said something about like like pinpointing a time when you lost your mind (laughs) you're like this is it this is exactly exactly when you lost lost your your mind (laughs) yeah that's how i roll crazy is the new cool (laughs) that could be a thing but i prefer weird is the new cool Uh, yeah crazy is the new cool sounds like something for like an asylum yeah like everyone there has it in common absolutely um 
I, I want to buy a haunted building, Clayton. I know we talked about Whispers Estate last weekend. I want one. How do I find one? Zillow? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, it's obviously easy to buy like haunted real estate in places like New Orleans because they yes. make money off of it. Yes. But, but I want it I'm, dirt cheap. Right. Well, I'm thinking like abandoned... That sort of thing. Yes. That we could turn into like a, that we could turn into like Oddity Files headquarters. Right. Slash turn, bed and breakfast. Literally. I was thinking Airbnb. Exactly. But we'll just haunted Airbnb. I don't know. Yeah. This just happened. There we came up with something in like the Airbnb contract that says like you, no, because we talked about that one. That one story where right. they put right in their yeah. listing, this house is haunted. So it's like, you would think people would flock to that. Yeah. Well, maybe we're on to something. Maybe we are. Zach, don't take it. Zach, I will fucking kick your ass. But I really want to go back to your museum, so I love you. Um, check us out on all the socials at Oddity Files. We have a TV show on we Amazon do. Prime. Watch three tell them about it. Seasons. We have three seasons on Amazon Prime that each season gets better progressively. One, two, three. And um, yeah, let us know what you think on there. We investigate all over the world. It's myself, Kitsy, and Kitsy's son, Carter. And we just, yeah, we just go into places and we... We get real evidence. We just get really cool evidence, really too. Really cool. Just really, that's different than all the mega shows get. And it's just our evidence. So let us know what you think. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. And don't tell us about it. But uh, yeah, just give it a shot. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, check out our website, oddityfiles.com. We do have an upcoming event where we're going to do a live podcast in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. It's with uh, Galaxy, Galaxy Con. Con. It'll be Friday night. I don't have any of that information in front of my That's face okay. right now, but um, watch for it on our socials and on our website. Um, super stoked to get back to the live podcasting. I agree. I kind of put out some feelers for venues other than Comic-Cons. Haven't heard back from a single fucking one of them. Actually. But we're looking for like small, intimate, like haunted theaters Ooh, or... Yeah haunted venues where we can kind of do the podcast and maybe like lead an investigation like a quick one hour investigation yeah, that'd be awesome. with some VIPs afterwards or just fucking everybody I don't even I don't know how this shit works yeah we can but bring yeah. a bunch of our equipment and uh yeah yeah but if, if you know of any place where you're at and we're going to be in that area let us know because we'd love to do something like and honestly that. if even if we're not going to be super close still let us know because you know we have driven some places that are quite a haul. Yeah. If if it's worth going to, we want to go and we want to experience it. So regardless, let us know at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Ooh, how close is Virginia Beach to Raleigh? Not Raleigh, Richmond. Richmond, it's like a solid hour and a half. <gasps> Maybe we can do something at Ferry. True. I will contact them. Yeah. Ferry Plantation, very first really right. scary ghost experience ever. Yes. Let's if not, let's let's you and I investigate. Absolutely. Well, okay. Richmond itself is just a very, that's where DJ Jimmy wah, wah, is from. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. I thought he was from Virginia Beach for some reason. Mm-hmm. God, I'm Alzheimer's years old. Richmond is a, is a great town. I yeah, do love really them. Is. I haven't been back in a hot minute. But I guess we should probably. I guess we should wrap it up. Probably sign out. But which cues the weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Goodbye. <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. 
The opinions expressed on this show are ours and ours alone. Our logo was created by me. If you like the show and would like to support us, you can watch Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. You can buy merch at oddityfiles.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Oddity Files or on Facebook at facebook.com slash oddityfiles. You can even join our weird little Facebook group called Oddity Files Fan Group. It's a closed group, so you'll need approval, but we do approve everyone. Most importantly, you can help us spread the word. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell your boyfriend, tell your ex-boyfriend, tell your grandma, tell everybody, share and retweet. Just help us get the word out. We appreciate each and every one of you and couldn't do this without you. If you have a story you wanna know more about, or a personal story you'd like to hear us read during an episode, email us at oddityfilescrew at gmail. If you have a corrections corner, go ahead and give us a call. It's 317-300-6699. If you have a venue you'd like us to do a live podcast at, reach out at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also, take a couple minutes rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on all the major podcast apps. It also helps us get out there and in front of the public eyes. And remember, kids, weird is the new cool.